KTBB News Time, 7.53. It is 73 degrees in Longview, 74 right now in Tyler. And it is time for You Tell Me Texas with KTBB owner and general manager Paul Gleiser. Good Friday morning to you, Chief. Well, good Friday morning to you, Jeff. We are sponsored by the Keepersall Collection of Estate-Grown Wines and by the restaurant and winery at Keepersall, East Texas destination, south of Tyler, off of FM 344. I have an article I'd like to share with you. The author is Brian Gitt, and his article is is entitled Chasing Utopian Energy How I Wasted 20 Years of My Life. I have linked to the article at youtellmetexas.com. Mr. Gitt self describes as an energy entrepreneur, investor, and writer. In his piece, he details his career as a clean energy activist and later as CEO of a consulting firm that, quote, commercialized clean energy technologies. For the purpose of his article, he defines utopian energy as energy that is, again quoting, abundant, reliable, inexpensive, and also clean, renewable, and life-sustaining. He details in the article his personal journey that led him to conclude that utopian energy is the same as utopian society, which is to say, a fantasy. I'm sure Mr. Gitt's a very bright man, but I'm going to be so bold as to say that I could have saved him those 20 years. That's because I came to understand at an early age that there is no energy source anywhere that is environmentally benign. Let's take so-called zero-emission electric vehicles as an example. EVs require very large batteries, and those batteries require lithium, a strategic mineral, the market for which is controlled almost totally by China. Lithium requires copious amounts of water to mine in a process that creates enormous environmental damage. Not that the Chinese have ever been particularly fastidious when it comes to the environment. The electricity to charge those batteries comes almost exclusively from burning natural gas or coal to generate heat, to boil water, to create steam, to turn electric generating turbines. Zero emissions? Zero, zero emissions? I don't think so. So the Greenies therefore tout wind and solar power, but they never mention the massive amount of land that must be commandeered for wind farms and the wholesale slaughter of migratory birds that wind farms cause. They never talk about the rare earth materials, again largely controlled by China, that must be mined and processed to make solar panels. And never mind that while the need for energy is constant, the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. Gitt's article does a good job of deconstructing the mythology of the green energy movement. It concludes with a list of eight principles by which we should evaluate energy policy, the most important of which he lists first. And we again quote, Does an energy source enable a country to maintain its autonomy? Controlling access to critical minerals and natural resources to make affordable, reliable energy is a precondition for liberty and self-determination. Relying on energy imports or minerals from other countries puts a nation at risk. End quote. Well, the Carter administration was apparently of the same mind and thus created the U.S. Department of Energy in 1977 for the purpose of achieving energy independence following the 1973 Arab oil embargo. What an irony it is that 45 years later, that same department makes no mention of energy independence at all and is now promoting policy that merely substitutes batteries from China over oil from the Middle East. That's my word. What's yours? 
Go to youtellmetexas.com and you tell me. You know, we didn't really have a spring. Got hot right away, and it stayed that way. And that has an impact on our choices for what to drink at the end of the day or as we sit down to dinner. And I have a recommendation. A couple of years ago, Keepersall introduced a sparkling, semi-sweet rosé wine called Flight. Among its unique features was the fact that it came in single-serving cans. Well, now Keepersall Flight is available in a bottled, non-sparkling edition, and it's a really nice wine. Like most rosés, Flight is served chilled, and that makes it a nice choice for hot afternoons. It's a semi-sweet wine, refreshing, but not so sweet that a committed dry red wine drinker can't enjoy it. So here's what you do. Get yourself to the grand tasting room at Keepersall and ask to try Flight. Of course, tell them Paul Gleiser sent you and your first taste is on me. Or hey, just go for it. Flight's available in the wine aisle at East Texas Brookshire stores and at Fresh by Brookshire's. It's called Flight from the winemakers at Keepersall. You can learn more about it at Keepersall.com. <laughs> 